man you gotta get passionate about this thing if the cross doesn't move you nothing will move you I'm offering you something that's greater than silver and gold. I'm offering you something that's greater than an increase in your pay on your job. I'm offering you a... There's no shortcuts to the glory. We've got to get past week-to-week living. We've got to multiply our prayer life. We've got to multiply our efforts. And we are willing to give. God will always give it back to us in good measure. That is pressed down, shaken together, and running over. Hey, thanks for checking out our Christian Life Church podcast. You will be hearing from one of our pastors or guest speakers, either at our Frankfurt or Lebanon campus. Prepare your hearts and your minds to receive a word from God. Thanks for listening. Enjoy and receive this message.
senses have become keen now and more sensitized to what is ahead and so we begin to walk prophetically and in so doing we apply what we've learned as we face the next season for a long long time and I'm just giving you a little bit of a commercial here tonight and I got a great conference ahead but I'm going to just lay some ground so, so long of a time we have 
the circumstances that surprised us, that blindsided us, that somehow the ebb and flow of life, we did not see them coming. We were busy about life and busy about even the work of God that many of us did not see the storm coming. But now, as I declare to you prophetically, there are more storms coming. Now it's a different point of reference. We, if we've learned what we were supposed to learn, we are now repositioned. We have altered our spiritual position so that now the point of reference from which we see ahead and into our destiny is a higher place. We have been ushered out from the middle of the battle to rise above the battle. Now we don't fight in the midst of the battle but we fight from the point of victory already because we've been repositioned in the spirit. How many understand that? Somebody ought to give God praise. That's why I'm telling you it's good news that there's another storm coming because now we're going to see it coming and we're going to anticipate it and we are already positioned to engage it victoriously. Somebody give God praise. Visitation has a time. You've heard me preach on that. Visitation has a time. It, it, it must have above all is revelation. And God always releases revelation when he visits. Amen. Let me pause there. yourself for tomorrow 
is to impact the future and the destiny of the church. How many understand that? That the, the, the ongoing work of the blood, the ongoing work of the redemptive work of the cross. How many hear what I'm saying? That the Holy Ghost is saying. And so there are prophetic implications to even communion in the sense we must always look ahead and understand that Calvary was about giving every one of us a future, an expected end. When you look at all the things that the apostle talked about and Jesus talked about, if you read between the lines, you find that it is woven into the very tapestry of what is communion in the Lord's Supper. There are so many things that have to do with our future and with our ministry, with our anointing, with the empowerment and the authority that God has granted to us in that relationship that Calvary offered us. Amen? So we have to understand that there is, uh, there is no, no future for us, for those who want a kingdom, the kingdom of God. There is no kingdom of God without a cross. Hello. There is no kingdom of God without Calvary. There's no kingdom of God without the shedding of blood, without sacrifice. There is no kingdom without all of that. And so if we have not reconciled and walked away with that revelation, at least from the season that we've been in, we cannot properly enter into the next season and be fully equipped to deal with what's going to come. Amen? So what have we learned? What are the things that we should have understood? First of all, we needed to clearly come out of this season looking back just as a matter of a point of reference uh, that God showed us very clearly how sovereign he is, how sovereign he is and how dangerous it is for us to question that sovereignty or bring into question the things uh, that he does. There are two main components to the mind of Christ. They are the word. They are the message. What is God saying to us? What we call the Logos is more than just the written word. It is his self-expression. Everything about the Logos points to Christ. And so to have the mind of Christ, we must engage and embrace what the Logos is. What is the message? What is he saying? What did he write to us in those 66 books? But not only that, what is he saying now as we take that and God puts that word in the mouths of the preachers and the prophets and in the fivefold ministry, the teachers and so forth. What is he saying? How is that now to be applied in the moment that we're walking in? But also, what is he speaking to us prophetically? He's speaking prophetically to us. And all of those things have to come into play as we understand what the message is. Here's the problem. When we are caught in the fray of battles like we've just been in, when seasons and storms come such as we have weathered and we are word illiterate or ignorant, we default to what we feel. We default to our emotion. And many of us defaulted to our emotions and foolishly we charged God with folly. Foolishly, we demanded an answer from him when he does not owe us an answer, but we owe him obedience. Is this too hard for you? 
to see. And so we need to learn that now. He is sovereign. And it is a dangerous thing to question his sovereignty. He is also immutable. He is unchanging. God does not change. He does not change. He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. But somehow we wanted him to change for us because the storm made us uncomfortable. And we could not bring ourselves to believe that perhaps he was in the middle of that storm. I'm trying to bring context to where we've been so we don't make the same mistakes again. Because visitation does not always have the face that you think it ought to have. Visitation is not just God inhabiting your praises as he did a few moments ago. It's not the nice dance and feeling that nice feeling. That's part of what his presence does. And that's part of what he does when he honors that part of his word. But visitation also can be a very uncomfortable thing. When God is trying to extract us from where we are, to uproot us from our institutional mindsets, to pull us out of our traditional ways, because the second part of the mind of Christ, and that's where we get caught, is his methods. We have created God in an image and therefore applied to him a methodology that is aligned with our comfort zones. And when he came and he didn't seem to be quite doing what we felt he was supposed to be doing. We asked him to acquiesce to us. And again, if we do not understand that the method is part of the mind of Christ, and he will do and operate in different seasons as he wishes. So, he visited us. He shook us. He caused us to take a hard look in the mirror. He literally exposed us and showed us that we were not all that we were claiming to be. Can I be honest with you? Yeah, we're apostolics. We claim to be the bearers of the greatest revelations that any other movement could ever have. We are absolutely proud almost to a fault and sometimes to an idolatrous fault. Because all that we have and know positions us ahead of others doctrinally, even if you please, nephetically eschatologically, and of course, soteriologically, and none of y'all know what I just said, but that's the point, we're caught up in distinctives that should just be a part, but not the driving force 
to what our destiny is all about. And so God said, you have become institutionalized and I need to shake you out of that place so you can be apostolic. It's not enough to know if there is no do. I need my people to rise up with revelation and move into depths and dimensions and give me the right to find expression through them. Settled, just like Israel. And in the midst of the storm, let's look back a little bit. Let's, again, do some, some, some reconciling here of where we've been. We negotiated. We argued with God. But we forgot that at the end of the day, God is systematic. He is systematic like no one is systematic. And at that, he wants to inundate, saturate, and completely immerse us with who he is. And so he wants to be systemic. He wants to own every part of our lives. But we negotiated with him, uh, and we fought with him, uh, and we withheld and even held our position and fought for and defended our position in the midst of a storm when God was saying, I need you to shift your spiritual position. This will not work where you're at. And he had to shake us until finally we became so destabilized that we had to move. That was Israel's problem. That was Abraham's problem. surely visit you. It wasn't Moses at all the miracles shaking up Pharaoh's court and raining judgment and hellfire and all that stuff on Egypt. No. Visitation came when they rose up a Pharaoh that knew not Joseph who began to make the life of God's people miserable. Miserable enough that God finally had to intercept Moses in the desert after 40 years and said, okay, now they're ready. Now they're primed for change because they were about to settle for Egypt. They were about to settle for a promise that was not their final destination. Church, I'm telling you, we can call ourselves apostolic, but when you stop growing, you become another denomination. When you stop growing and reaching for more, when you stop allowing your identity to evolve and to continue to grow, you are no better than any other denomination. And we are every day in danger of becoming just that when we choose to settle. said, I gave you all this truth, and now you sit on it. You're satisfied. How long will the church sit here and continue just to do a little maintenance on each other? Come on. How many times do I have to pray for the same brother and sister? Why is 
at the oil finding an outlet. to challenge you. We've got to reconcile what's happened here. We've got to understand that God had to shake us and stop mourning losses that you will no longer recover. And I'm tired of hearing people say, oh, just like Ziklag, everything the enemy took, you're going to recover. No, there are some things that you're not going to recover from this last season. Stop mourning the things that you cannot recover. You can't take them where you're going. You can't cross through that door with them. That's why God wrecked the ship that Paul was in to make sure there was no way to go back and there were things there that they had to throw overboard in the middle of the storm because they were useless to their destiny. Clap your hands and give God praise anyway. So chaos broke loose. And the man to the deliverer, failing to realize the deliverer was delivering us in a very unconventional way. Delivering us from those mindsets. Delivering us from settling for less. Delivering us through adversity. There are some things that God cannot do for you until he has to drag you and put you in the valley. There's some revelation. There are some things that cannot be had except their birth through the pain of a storm, through the adversity. so that we can maintain our position and vigorously defend it at the expense of our destiny. I'm reaching. God is touching some things. I want to speak to you today. I can't tell you how exciting Consider the possibility of really being at the storm. Awakening, that's what you call it. Let's open our hands. Let's open our hands. Lord, lighten mine eyes, it said the psalmist here. Lest I sleep the sleep of death, Lord, that my enemies would take advantage. Lest I sleep the sleep of death. And I remain stagnant. 
Listen, church, you never remember the moment you fall asleep. I got to say these things. I really got some cool stuff to tell you about. I always go to bathrooms in the shower. I always tell tell people, please don't anybody hurt anyone. Promise you don't anybody hurt anyone. I don't want to hurt you. I want you to know I'm here first. I didn't want to say why. mean enough that I'll tell you about uh, forget about it so it's a call to order in the spirit once again the spirit of the Lord is moving in all the face of the waters once again God has spoken into the chaos and he is calling things to order in the spirit and as he does so who have repositioned themselves, those who have been willing to alter your identity and allow him to help you understand who you truly are. Those of you out of this boat and others out of this bathroom because we're about done here now. <laughs> and here's what I want you to do. I want you to lift your hands to the Lord right now. I need you to understand this. I need you to see it. Lord, we're going to follow you no matter what degree of uncertainty we have to do it with. We know, God, you're not going to disclose everything, but we're going to walk by faith and not by sight. Lord, we're going to do what you have said we need to do no matter what. No matter what. No matter what. season that we're entering into. My heart is full. I want to tell you that this is not just about the miraculous because I know that we we tend to gravitate toward that because who doesn't like a good miracle? This is not just about the miraculous. This is about authority. This is about walking in dominion. Are you listening? We're supposed to be walking in dominion. All of those other things that we like to key in on that that seem to be very exciting and all that, they're secondary and tertiary. They're part of the thing, but that's not what God wants to do. They're part of the package. What he is wanting us to do is engage him in that intimacy. And you can't do that until you recognize the importance of where you're at and until your hunger and your desire and your passion reach critical mass. Any other time's another miracle. I just want him. I just want you, Jesus. I want to know you. 
I want to know you in every aspect and in every angle. Everything else will fall in place. And this is why I started this little discourse by saying, some of you prayed yourself into this situation because we have conditioned ourselves to seek the hand of God, to seek for that touch, to seek for that miracle. I'm not feeling well. I need this. I need that. And it's always hand, hand, hand. Seek the hand of God. But somebody starts saying, okay, let's face this direction. And that's a whole different topic. That's a whole different thing. I want you to stand with me for a few moments. I want you to reach for heaven right now. I want you to understand what's happening here right now. We are being ushered into a place. And we're going to literally use the Lord's Supper tonight as the entryway. We're going to use communion tonight. We're going to access that next. And there will not be any turning back. Come on, lift your hands and let's prepare ourselves right now. For the next few moments, let's fill this house with prayer and worship, and let's reach for heaven. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. Yeshachrista yechamahaniteya, razetu eshulechamahture yesota, yajetele mechrista naheyoko. Some of you are still not here. You need to enter in. You need to cross the barrier of your flesh. We stand before the door to another dimension, to another season, to the next season. I will tell you this much. It's a season of multiplication and acceleration. And we've got to have the right positioning to be able to engage the velocity, the momentum that the Spirit is about to release upon us corporately and individually. This next season brings with it greater responsibility. Come on, position yourself right now. Some of us need to repent. Some of us need to just say, God, forgive me. I haven't gotten it, but I'm about to get a revelation here. Lord, clarify it to me. Let me see enough to be willing to go. I don't need to know everything, but just let me see it. Some of you had had dreams. Some of you have had visions. Some of you are stirred, and you don't know why. Some of you feel restless, and you don't know why. It's the Holy Ghost. It's he's shaking things. He's trying to get through to you. And I, he's trying to get through to the church. You have been positioned. Come on, reach for heaven. I can't do this for you. I don't care what you have to do for the next few moments. We need to find a place of prayer. We need to find a, 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 a place, a secret place with God. Just get to, with him right now. And let's reconcile this last season, let's reconcile what we've been through and let's understand uh, more than ever we need to make that covenant uh, to track him every day, uh, to track his movement. Uh, things are coming down the pipeline uh, and God is wanting to show it to you before it comes uh, so you can be ready to engage it, uh, so you can be able to control the outcomes that before were controlling you in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. 
Lord, I'm going to meet the conditions that you've set forth in the word. I am going to be a part of this unfolding prophecy, Jesus. I am going to do whatever it is that I need to do in Jesus' name. 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 there yet don't you resist this is happening with or without you you might as well be a part of it God doesn't need everybody he wants everybody but he doesn't need everybody some intercessors to help us push through. Come on, I know you've taken the hits. I know there's been a shaking. I know there's some empty seats here. Stop worrying about all that. Stop looking back. There's no looking back. There's no going back. There's no normal anymore. God is setting forth a new precedent for the next season. Now it's about looking forward. Now it's about the revelation of where we're going, not where we've been. We've just reconciled a few things and put them in context so that we can move forward ready and armed, equipped, capacitated. Come on, church. I need some intercessors. Where's my intercessors in this house? Where are my intercessors? Who's ready? Who's ready? Oh, 
Jesus' cross. Come on, get past your flesh. Get past that barrier. Get past that stronghold. Get past. You don't need to walk in trepidation. You need to walk in revelation. Stuff needs to flow from here outside. Stuff needs to flow from here outside. There has to be a complete paradigm shift. There has to be a complete paradigm shift. Our mentality has to change. Our mentality has to change, church. I implore you. Cannot operate. Why should you keep coming up here and get ministered to when the world out there hasn't received a kind touch or word from this place? Why would you think it's okay for you to come and keep coming and bringing your stuff here as a spirit filled, blood washed saint of God over and over and over again? While your city's going to hell, while your county is going to hell, am I being a little rough here? Let me tell you something. You already know what you know. Why not release it out of this building? Why isn't this house full of the smell of liquor and smoke and marijuana? Where are they? Where are they? just about you. Look here. Look here. Look here. Last time I did this conversion thing, center that one of the greatest revivals in mid-America is destined to have. Stop, stop, stand down, stand down. You've got to meet the conditions set forth by the word of God. You've got to abide by the laws of the spirit that govern such an expression of revival. The problem is you've heard the prophecies. 
You have heard them and they've made you excited and you rejoiced. And you walked away mumbling it under your breath. It's going to happen. Look what they said belongs to us. But we go right back to the same old living. We go right back to the same old thing. And we think that revival starts by me getting my healing over and over and over again. By me getting my needs met over and over. And once I'm taken care of, I seem to forget. How many of you have ever asked God to let you cry of your sorrow, of your tenderness, of your counting? How many of you have been on your knees and been shaken to tears and travailed in intercession because you heard a horrific cry come from some direction? God was trying to let you hear what it sounds like when the soul that seeks redemption is crying for a manifestation of the sons and daughters of God. But somewhere in all of this, the groan of creation has got to intersect with the groan of the church. Some of you are resisting me right now. You've been here too long. Shame on you that you are just so stuck in your tradition. You're so stuck in your paradigms and your mentalities. Or you're making excuses why you can't. I don't know when or where the scripture said that longevity means stagnation. stand so help me God as I walk in the fivefold ministry I am making my last stand before Jesus comes I am not going to preach for people to smile I know I got a crazy sense of humor thank you for tolerating my sense of humor but at the end of the day let me tell you something I will rake you through the coals I will take you on a walk to hell and back until you understand that we have got to win the lost that we have got to hear their cry that we have to stop being intimidated by how they look because they don't look like us stop being intimidated because they cuss you get offended because you hear them cuss you don't want to get dirty with their cussing you don't want to get their smell on you You get offended, I can point you out right now. I can tell you what you did three days ago when you were in that store and you huffed and puffed under your breath because you couldn't stand their language. Did you ever wonder why they have to express themselves that way? Did you ever try to feel the pain in their soul that screams out in the only expression and only use profanity for a drink or something? I 
Saturday night is there any intercessors in the house and there she sits battered day in and day out half an empty refrigerator just full of beer cans and bottles I'm not trying to be dramatic that's exactly what's going on right under your nose while you come into the house of God and get fed every time that you walk in here. Your enemy is apathy. Your enemy is indifference. An indifference And an apathy that disconnects you from the reality of what being a true apostolic is. But if you're going to take communion and you're going to remember what he did for you, but are you going to do anything about what he did for them? sinner beyond their appearance, beyond their words, beyond their smell, beyond whatever it is that somehow you can't relate to anymore because you forgot where he brought you from. 
or maybe worse. I appreciate the fact that some of y'all were raised in church, but you don't get a pass either. Are you listening? Nobody gets a pass here. Nobody gets a pass. Nobody gets a pass. I come against apathy. I come against indifference. I come against the institutional mindset. Come on, somebody shake. Let's shake this place. Let's shake this place. Let's intercede. Uh, come on, there has to be a, an awakening. This cannot remain and just be another preaching conference. This cannot be another preaching conference. It cannot be just another place to hear a good sermon and be stirred but not be changed. This cannot be that. You might as well shut it down if that's what it's going to be. Come on, church. This can't be all. This can't be all that's at the altar. This cannot possibly be all that's at this altar here. Where are the living sacrifices? Where are the covenant makers? Who's going to get up out of their seat and say, I will not get up from this altar until something breaks, until something changes. I will not be the same person. I don't care what you think about me. I want to know what you think about Jesus and about this city, about this county, about your neighborhood, about your neighbor, about the people, about the cry. Oh, there's no eloquence in this pulpit today. There's no eloquence in this pulpit today. There's just brokenness. There's just, come on, where's the tears? Uh, where's the tears? Where's the burden? Come on. You can pray. Maybe you're not the one that's going to walk down. The, you can pray. Anybody can pray. It just takes moving your mouth and your heart and letting God take it. Maybe where it hasn't been for a while. Somebody needs to care. Miss Sandy, somebody here knows her. She's had her heart broken so many times. She's contemplating suicide, and you don't even know it. And she's tired of her life, and you don't even know it. 
or do you? And if you do, then what are you going to do about it? Because eternity is weighing in the balances for her. Come on, church. can't remain the same person I was. I can't, I can't, I can't. I cannot. needs to be a house of prayer for the next few moments. There's no hurry here. I am not released to take you anywhere else right now.
Praise God. Oh, glory, glory, glory. Stand with me. I'm going to pray over here in a minute. Stand with me. We're going to pray over here in a minute. And I want to talk to you guys. Praise the Lord. still here, and I thank God for you. I thank God for your faithfulness. I just pray that your longevity has not caused you to be an obstacle to progress. I just pray that every heart's in line with you. Your generation did things differently than all these new generations coming up. They didn't get the job done. Please be a part of the revival I say this very lovingly. Don't call me bishop anymore. That's you have oversight in ICF in Chicago and multiple campuses, but the jurisdiction and the spirit is there and there are other venues as such. Brother Mike and I have watched the blessing that has taken trying to say is that it takes collective effort and collective unity generationally for God to be able to orchestrate revival in places like this. You're one of the youngest here and maybe just coming in. You're at the right address and I hope that you understand I'm speaking here in the place of the prophet. I'm not speaking prophetically. communion tonight, let's make covenant with God. Praise the Lord. 
she wants to change. Let me just say this. seen movies about Jesus and him being crucified and had a, somewhat of an understanding you know, through revelation of what it all meant to be born again. I don't know if I've ever told you this, but I'm the exception to the rule. Nobody ever Receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost without any clarity or understanding of what it was until I had to ask somebody in my own life, why did I speak and you just evidently different languages or whatever it is that's happened to you. 
Somebody invited me here today. Just put me in your presence. Oh God, where I could experience you. To understand what the blood of Jesus is able to do to my past, to your past. To understand what the blood of Jesus is able to do in the present. Also, Paul, First Corinthians 11, spoke these words. For I have received of the Lord that which also I delivered unto you. Lord Jesus, the same night in which he was betrayed, he took bread. said, take, eat, this is my body, which is broken for you. This do in remembrance of me. After the same manner, he also took the cup when he had supped, saying, this cup is the New Testament in my blood. This do as often as you drink it. This is not just a nice story that involves a lot of emotion and appeals to our religious intellect, but rather it is a true story, and not just a story, but an act of redemption that changed the course of every human being. It changed as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you say, you do show the Lord's death till he comes. And here's some thoughts. Therefore, whosoever shall eat this bread and drink this cup of the Lord unworthily shall be guilty of the body and blood of the Lord. Be wise tonight. Allow me, my brother and my friend, to speak to you as wise. I see you as being unworthy. Take it, even though you're battling with things in your life. 
to take this away from Steve's program or someone like that. Anyway, Noah's program. Anyway, I thought maybe he'd get this church to the point. And worthily is to take it with full intention of making a mockery of it with your dear old hand and your temptation to live for God and your conduct to God and minister. We see the denominal world and the religious world is blowing up this divide. And just a religious rite, an act, should be taking the heart out of it. And just giving it some mental assent. You don't do it because that's what you're supposed to do, because that's what the religion does. That's the religion. That's the religion. So don't disqualify yourself for keeping the Sabbath day. In fact, remember. He made room for you to remember for you. That Calvary was indeed for that very purpose. He knew. He knew we would live that way. Only he could know. He knew we would have to live a life of repentance. And there's anybody here who wants you rebaptized, never, ever again this Sunday, this coming Sunday here, because you're not worthy to do this yet. Hey, I repent every day. I repent every day. I repented today. I'm not sure I knew this kid when I met him. <laughs> I don't know Michael here, but I know. Let a man, so that we won't be guilty of the body and blood of another, but let a man examine himself, and so let it be that way. We bring you back back, and we'll bring together anybody who's ever here before, and anybody who's ever here now, just for themselves, not just under the Lord's body. You know, you can damn yourself by doing this. If, if you're not living for God, you don't deserve to do this. Claim it. But if that's you, then you know Let's repent corporately, but let's also repent individually, as needed. No one's here to judge. 
Lord Jesus. David reached out to you. And he said, against thee and thee only have I sinned. I cry out tonight, Lord, cleanse thou me of secret faults, presumptuous sins. Lord, oftentimes in my life I would want to entitle myself sinful things because somehow, Lord, I've done so much in my mind that I feel is righteous. And then just this flesh, Lord, gets in the way so often. It don't matter, Lord, whether we're a preacher, a good saint, whether we've been here This flesh, Lord, needs to be brought under subjection every day. This sinful nature, God, is at war with the spirit in us. Every day, as in our flesh. And so, Lord, I just, in my heart, tonight, I repent. I ask forgive me. We sin in body and soul and spirit in words and thoughts. Behind me, Jesus, is reminded those struggles, those daily struggles, Lord, that we face, that I face. But Lord, I'm at this stage of any oversight about anything, Lord, in my life. Show me. again, for I have received of the Lord that which also I delivered unto you, that the Lord Jesus, the same night in which he was betrayed, he took bread. And when he had given thanks, he was broken that night. Thank you for this moment. Thank you, Lord Jesus. He break it said, take, eat. This is my body, which is broken for you. This do in remembrance of me when you partake of the bread, God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for those stripes.
Worship the Lord. 